before we get started with this week's episode, I would like to just ask that if you're appreciating the work I'm doing on the show, I could really use some support in the following ways. Uh, I spend a lot of time on these episodes. I really do appreciate my guests coming on, and we just have some really great conversations, but we could use your support. Uh, so in order to get, offer more visibility to the podcast, uh, you can follow us on our Facebook page and our Instagram. And if you could, please rate us on Apple iTunes. If you give us five-star ratings, that helps create more visibility for the podcast. And then if you are interested in supporting us monetarily, we do have a Patreon, Patreon forward slash RevolutionRN. There should be a link on our social media in case you can't find it, or you can, of course, uh, reach out to me via email or social media. And f- for the, we were going to be actually donating 100% of the proceeds through December to different causes for this month, August through October, we will be giving all 100% of our proceeds to the Alliance of Black Nurses Oregon chapter, 100% of the proceeds in order to help them fund scholarships for uh, nurses or people seeking nursing in the African-American community. Hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you. All right. Hello, and welcome to a Another episode of Revolution RN. I'm your host, Paul Van Wurdenberg. Um, I am joined today by co-host Lace Velk. Hey, Lace, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Lace Velk. I'm co-hosting here with Paul, talking to uh, a lovely lady. Lace is on episode one. If you haven't heard it, please go back and listen, because it's a good episode. It's one of my favorites. But uh, yeah, Lace has agreed to co-host today, and uh, because we have a person that we both share as a really inspiring person in the nursing world for us. Terry, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? So um, first of all, um, my name's Terry Mills, and uh, thank you so much, Paul and Lace, for having me on this podcast. Um, It's really fun to be with you today. Um, And I'm equally inspired by you as our upcoming nurse leaders for the nursing profession. Um, I am a long, long time nurse educator here in Oregon. I love teaching the next generation of nurses. Um, That kind of keeps me going. And I'm also, uh, as you mentioned, very active in the Oregon Nurses Association. Uh, I recently served as vice president of the uh, Cabinet on Health Policy before I turned out and have been uh, vice president for many years now on ONA's Political Action Committee. In addition to that, I'm also the president of the National Nursing Network Organization, and I think we're going to be talking about that today. So I'll just wait for um, Paul and Lace to ask some questions. Yeah, Lace, uh, well, yeah. Oh, and also we should mention that uh, Terry was named the Oregon Nurses Foundation 2019 Nurse of the Year. Very well deserved, by the way. Thank you. Very exciting. Yeah. Quite an honor. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it was. Well, well deserved. You do a lot of work. But uh, Lace, would you like to, yeah, let's let's just actually get into the 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 act. Uh, Lace, would you like to ask a little bit about that? 
Sure. Yeah. So I met Terry kind of the same way as Paul at a lobby day. I had heard and read things that she had written um, before I actually met her. And the day that I met her was my first lobby day um, in person. And um, I was inspired, uh, Terry, by the way that you are um, able to connect with so many different people and then really advocate in a very succinct friendly, bubbly way about these really important issues like the National Nurse Act. Can you tell tell people what that is? Sure. Um, maybe before we start that, though, maybe I'll share with um, your audience how I first became politically active, which I, you know, I actually have some very, very strong memories of when I was quite young. And I have an identical twin sister. And she always, you know, I always say, oh, I feel the fierce urgency of now. And she always teases me and said, you felt that when you were in the womb. And the only five minutes of peace and quiet in my entire life was when I was still inside mom and you were out. So um, I just always have kind of been the doer, you know, in nursing. I'm sure you've seen it in your own meetings. There's always process people and there's people who like to take action. And I'm one of those action people. i really believe that that is um, how we really strengthen the profession, although we definitely do need the policies as well. So I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, and it was a time of great unrest. The Vietnam War was taking place. There was also a lot of racial division. There was a lot of poverty and uh, women were first coming on the scene as um, being a powerful force, more than just uh, working in jobs as teachers and nurses and administrative assistants. So my parents really pushed my twin and I. We were very much ad admirers of Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy and um, some of the, you know, the real active, very visible leaders of our time. And they always were really concerned about social justice. And that's kind of where I got my political beginnings. I did a lot of work. My first election was really working on bond measures to increase funding for community colleges because that's where my dad taught. And so as I grew up um, and as I, uh, when I first started teaching, which was way back a long, long time ago in the mid seventies, I really started under, to understand that caring and advocacy for a nurse doesn't just start at the bedside and we can't just leave, or we can't just leave it at the bedside. That's where it begins. We really need to take that advocacy and that caring all the way to our state legislative bodies and also to Capitol Hill, because that's where all the decisions are being made that really affect not only our nursing practice, but it affects the care that we are able to provide to our patients, families, and communities that we serve. And so this whole idea around the National Nurse Act was centered on the fact that what we all have in common as nurses, no matter where we practice, what kind of educational background we have, what our political party is, how many years of nursing we've, we've um, been in the profession, 
health promotion and prevention is really the cornerstone of all of our practice. And so the way this whole National Nurse Act got started is I wrote an op-ed and it was accepted into the New York Times. It was called America's Nurse. And at that time, I really hadn't formulated, you know, a really strong opinion about what this would entail, what a national nurse would entail, but just sort of like put the idea forward because that's one of the ways that you can breed interest and really gauge where you're going with an idea. And we received so many emails, like enthusiastic, like, yeah, we have a Surgeon General, where's our national nurse? And with that, Congressman Earl Blumenhauer, who is in Portland, I had seen him the day after the op-ed came out and he said, I am introducing this into congressional record because I really like this idea. And a firefighter who had served on the 9-11 Commission wrote me and said, I would like to give you a $5,000 check to go back to Washington, D.C. and present the idea that the nurses who at that time were in Congress. And I personally, I just went into shock and I just said, well, I cannot accept that. And some friends of mine who were very politically active and astute said, well, why don't we talk to a pro bono lawyer and see about forming a 501c4 so that way you're not personally accepting the check but it can go into an organizational structure. So that's what formed the National Nursing Network organization. And really we're not widely moneyed. I'm not even sure we've collected $1,000 in donations this year. I kind of doubt it because that is really not our focus. Our focus has really been on seeking legislation for a national nurse for public health. And that's what the National Nurse Act is all about. So let me pause there and I can still, you know, of course, want to explain the bill, but any questions that you have or comments so far, I don't want to just do all the talking. When you go into the bill, you may answer some of the questions that I think probably are going through a lot of people's minds. But one of the questions that I have off the top of my head is how would having like a national nurse right now change just, you know, for, for right now we're going through COVID and how would having a national nurse change that landscape? Like, what do you think the impact would be if we had a national nurse? That is a great question. So as you know, nursing is calling for amplifying nurses in the media, right? And we hear all the time that we need um, to make our profession more visible and to really um, get in front of healthcare crises like COVID-19, or even the chronic conditions that really are preventable, like type 2 diabetes that bankrupt our healthcare dollars. We just believe that we have a Surgeon General who's giving a lot of um, important messages out to the public, like on hand washing and masking and social distancing. All of those are within the scope of the nursing nurses practice. And so we believe that by having a more visible, recognizable national nurse for public health, that especially on the federal level, that nurses will then be able to seek guidance and direction and then help get those important messages out into their communities. Because nurses are the trusted 
credible messengers were voted year after year by the Gallup poll as being the most trusted profession for the last 18 years in a row. And we certainly outnumber the physician four to one. We are the largest sector of the healthcare workforce, and we do spend the most time with patients out of any other healthcare provider. So the way that we we have done um, the National Nurse Act, because we don't want to create legislation that is taking away funding or causing um, from other nursing important or important public health issues. So how we've done this is we came to learn that there is a chief nurse officer that works right alongside the Surgeon General. And how many of you knew there was a chief nurse officer of the U.S. Public Health Service, you know, besides knowing about this bill? Or how many of you, how many nurses are aware? If you ask, you know, the the nurses who have their boots on the ground, they don't know. And Paul and Lace, when you ask about how would this have an impact right now, every hour on the news, every hour we're hearing from another source, not a nurse, how we are going to need trusted messengers in the community to talk about the safety and efficacy of a COVID-19 vaccine. Not to mention that we're gearing up right now for flu vaccines, that, that we really want to make sure that people are getting their flu vaccination so that that way we're at least keeping that part of the, of the people who might come up with that virus well so that we're not flooding our healthcare system. So we see the National Nurse for Public Health, the Chief Nurse Officer, as being perfectly positioned to lead that campaign and guide and direct nurses. And so that is the whole first page of the National Nurse Act designates this existing position, the chief nurse officer, to be the National Nurse for Public Health. And because this position is already funded and it exists, and it's working right there with the Surgeon General, the Congressional Budget Office has already scored H.R. 1597 and Senate Bill 696 as being completely cost neutral. So, you know, there's no cost to doing this. The roles and responsibilities of the chief nurse are actually retained in the bill. We're not changing the infrastructure. We're not changing the duties. We're not changing the hierarchy of the U.S. Public Health Service. But... What we're hoping is with better recognition of the chief nurse, when she does duties four and five in the bill, which are to conduct outreach and education and engage nurses and healthcare professionals in participating in some of these programs, that that will increase the message. The message will penetrate out and more people, more of the public will know and more nurses will engage and participate. And then the last two pages of the bill just um, deal with the National Prevention Strategy, which is a document that's utilized that the U.S. Public Health Service uses to upstream the social determinants of health. And they have monthly meetings. And so we wanted to make sure that we include that. And so some of the programs they're working on, in addition to COVID, are programs to reduce the more 
maternal morbidity and mortality of people of color. They're working on hypertension programs. They're working on programs to reduce type 2 diabetes. And 2020 is the year of the nurse, which um, a lot of people don't know, the year of the nurse and the midwife. So what better year to do this bill? So that's, that's how we see, you know, when you're talking about the impact. We have a website. It's nationalnurse.org. And I encourage people to go to the website and they can click around. We have a Twitter handle. It's at lowercase a and then national nurse are capital words. So at a national nurse that you can find us on Twitter. We also have the national nurse campaign is on Facebook. So I'll talk about support in a minute, but I bet you're wondering, like, who would oppose this, right? Oh, absolutely. Are you wondering that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the ANA has actually taken a neutral stance on the bill. And the reason that they tell us that they're neutral is because they're working on bills that promote public health and amplify nursing and make sure that we have funding for nursing education. All which, of course, who would not support those? I totally support them, especially appreciative of their work on Title VIII because of my background in nursing education. But just so that you know, the National Nursing Network organization is largely made up of ANA members from all over the country. And 10 state affiliates of the ANA have endorsed the bill including Oregon and California and Ohio and Indiana and West Virginia and Maine and New Jersey and um, several others. And we just feel like this is the time and um, we appreciate their neutrality, but you know, who wouldn't want to support this at this time? We hear some of the, you know, some of the old outdated information is this will cost a lot of money, but as you can see, there's the CBO is scored as neutral. And we hear that, oh, this might make the chief nurse officer a political position. But the way the chief nurse officer is chosen is different than the Surgeon General. The Surgeon General is a political appointment um, appointed by the president and has to go through Senate confirmation. The chief nurse officer is actually chosen just like the other 11 or 10 chief professional officers. They have nomination instructions. Every branch of the HHS that has a nurse who serves in the nursing category of the U.S. Public Health Service nominates their best prepared nurse. And of course, it's just like a job. It's based on experience, accomplishments, education, ability to do the job all those kinds of things, recommendations. And then the Surgeon General picks the best nurse out of the group. That would not change. So we just say, yes, nursing's political. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's never been more, more political. So um, have you seen that in your practice? Well, and, you know, correct me if, if I'm wrong, um, but it feels to me that the whole idea of public health is underpinned or pinned up, however you want to think about it, by um, politics, because it's all about policy making. So yes, it's about keeping the population healthy and surveillance and understanding disease process and, you know, environmental factors and all of those 
pieces. But, you know, when it comes down to it, how we get those things done is through policy, through legislation, through education. And that is a political thing uh, on, you know, um, so and even a position and even an organization like ANA, I would think that 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 would be something that they would understand, especially now, possibly the mark has moved after COVID to make it, you know, less taboo to actually have a political point of view <laughs> these days. Yeah. So um, some of the other concerns that we've heard is the chief professional officers. Um, well, there would be a national nurse, but what about a national pharmacist or a national dentist? And we have said a couple things. One is certainly they could introduce their own bill to do that. There's nothing stopping them from doing that. We don't have a problem with it. It's just that this is a nursing bill. The second thing is we said, okay, well, we can put a line in the bill, amend it to do that. But then that still didn't seem to meet that that small minority group of nurses who expressed that concern. They don't want to change their mind no matter what. Another thing we heard is that this bill is focused on individuals, and so that's downstreaming prevention. It doesn't work. And we say there's nothing in this bill that even says the word individual. And of course, since the duties of the chief nurse officer are not changing, are you saying that the U.S. Public Health Service downstreams prevention? Of course they don't. So that did not make any sense. And remember that I said at the beginning of the call that I am a really like an action-oriented person, mm-hmm. and I know we need the the, proce- the process people, we need the policy. The problem is, though, Lace and Paul, as I see it as an educator, is that everybody's changes. It's a one-by-one-by-one by one by one thing. It's never like okay, I'm going to get up and tell you what to do. I can't tell you what to do. All I can do is say, these are the best practices that I've seen based on the science, the facts, and the evidence. And then you have the choice to determine, you know, what you do. It's kind of like with the mat, what we're seeing with masking right now, you know, what, where some people don't want to do it. But every week it feels like, more people are coming on board and going, yeah. And you and I'm so excited because I've seen the cases in Oregon go from the 400s to now back into the 200s. And I really do believe, you know, I believe in science like mass work. And so it is an individual thing, even though it's a, you know, of course, we, you know, we want to hit as many people as possible with a, with a policy. We need, we definitely need those people. Another concern, you know, like I always try to think of everything big picture and also critically, critical thinking is really important. And the clinical judgment model, like it's just not enough to say, well, we have point A. It's like, how do you get that point A all the way out to the population? that we serve, right? So it really is, um, you know, we need the leadership, we need the direction, we need the guidance, and then we can go ahead and then kind of like start filtering the messages out. And there's a lot of ways to do that. Um, And certainly, 
this designation, National Nurse or Public Health, will make this person more prominent. The media will know this person exists. The nursing organizations can certainly publish, you know, information coming from the chief nurse, National Nurse for Public Health, in their newsletters that members will see and then push forward. But you can see, you know, you can see how it can ripple out to the population. So what do you think about it? What, what's your what's your opinions? Me, I adore the idea of having a national nurse. I think it's exactly what um, is needed. Uh, I think that it could really just really set the stage for some significant changes that feel extremely necessary uh, for the continued uh, well-being of our population. Um, that's my opinion. <laughs> Paul? Uh, we had, I mean, we, uh, LACE has attended more of these, but we, we've been in conversation in the Nurses Association uh, meetings about, especially uh, during COVID, about public health and how the importance of public health. So I think it's something that, at least for nursing, it, it, it doesn't really get introduced enough, even at the even even at the bachelor's level of education, it, it gets introduced, but it, it doesn't get introduced enough peppered throughout your career, like the importance of, you know, an ounce of prevention, or, you know, the, the cost savings and importance of simple measures to prevent disease. And so I feel like uh, having that national presence or offering a podium for nursing in a in an in an arena like that offers not only people a a sense of a well people look into nurses as a trusted profession so it offer a voice that they might be more open to listening to measures of public health and that could be simple and that could be as simple as the hand washing or how to properly wear a mask or you know or the importance of you know just anything. It, it could be so many preventative measures from things that we've seen problems with generally at the bedside that were like, well, if somebody had had that education early on, they might not have gotten to this point in their disease process. And then the other piece about it is you see a figure with that public health background, and then it gets that conversation amongst nursing that, oh, the importance of public health and so something that like I should be incorporating into my daily practice and at least understanding public health and staying up to date on the the research and science behind that and that's where I'm at. great another thing that um, I hear when I'm on conversations with health uh, with staffers of um, members of Congress from supporters of this bill is they say that this would give a visible national nurse leader figure to our young people who are choosing their careers and maybe more would choose to go into public health nursing because they would have a better understanding of its importance. And I want to talk to you before we close the conversation about a couple more things. One is we know that the U.S. Public Health Service, the active members, cannot give us an opinion on the bill. But we were able to meet pretty much with every chief nurse officer and incorporated a lot of the feedback that they gave us into the bill. 
And the most recent chief nurse officer that we met with was actually in February, right before COVID. Her name is Rear Admiral Aisha Mix, and she is a Black nurse leader and very, very concerned about health disparities. And we just think that she would be an amazing first national nurse. She is doing so much of the work that we all care about. She's very charismatic. And what I loved about her is she's also very kind. Um, The support for the bill is the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about. Right now in the House of Representatives, there are 261 co-sponsors. We are really trying to push that number up because we'd like it to go to the floor for a vote. Um, but we we need help. You know, there it's a lot of the people who live in the remote or the, the members of Congress who represent the districts that are in the remote areas of the country, like the rural areas where we're not, we don't know as many nurses. We're more connected like with the, the city, the cities. So we are trying to push on um, those members to sign on. Um, there are, there's an ident, and that's HR 1597. There is a bill, an identical bill, we call it the companion bill in the Senate, which is S696, was, which was introduced by Oregon's own Jeff Merkley, Senator Jeff Merkley is the lead. There are 27 senators who have signed on in support. There are 114 endorsing organizations, and that includes every organization within the National Coalition of Ethnic Minority Nurse Associations. We're so proud of that. And again, it's because of their concern regarding health disparities and racism in this country that, um, you know, they just really see this as a need, a strong need. Yeah, I think it would be so good to help. There are so many different populations who experienced a history of healthcare disparities. And I think it would be a great way to help build that trust back in those communities so that they, you know, start to trust the healthcare system to meet their needs and become more active participants in it. And and hopefully maybe even participate in it, maybe as nurses or whatever, so that they can get involved. What are the types of things that, you know, listeners could help do to support the efforts that um, you guys are doing? Well, I think that the um, biggest thing is if people are interested in helping, um, just feel free to shoot me an email at terry, T-E-R-I, at nationalnurse.org, and we're happy to give you a call um, and uh, set you up, you know, with letters that you can send to your own representative or senators if they're not in support. And I just urge people, you know, we're, the National Nursing Net- Network organization is very much grassroots. And so we would never think about having a call. Like our, our board meetings are open. They're transparent. We don't have any, you know, secret meetings or, <laughs> you know, private discussion about something. And I would just urge, you know, you as members of organizations to contact the leadership and let them know how you feel about the National Nurse Act. Because um, I, you know, I just think that it is, that's the way that we create change 
is it starts from the bottom up, not from the top down. Like we are the change that we need to be making. And that's another thing that I'm loving about, um, you know, I've been able to mentor so many students, undergrad and graduate students about how to become politically active and using this bill just as one example of political activism. But generally speaking, I will say that the younger nurses just totally have loved the idea, you know, and see it as extremely necessary. I agree. Um, Maybe not one of the younger ones, but somewhere in the middle there. And I think it's extremely necessary. It um, surprised me to find out so many things in our everyday society that that kind of just don't involve nursing. For me, this this idea is kind of um, a no-brainer, and I'm surprised that it doesn't exist already because I think that if you were to do a four-square on cost and harm and good and benefits and all of that, it would all the boxes would be easily checked into that easy-to-implement high reward box of the four square. So it's surprising to me that it's not (laughs) already a thing. And I really think it will happen. And I agree with you, Terry, I think this is the year. And so getting people involved and, and talking about it, and, you know, it really, it really does feel like the right time. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for the opportunity. I really enjoyed talking to both of you. And, you know, if things come up, um, feel free to um, send me an email or give me a call. Happy to help. Yeah, thank you so much, Terry, Yay. for coming on. I, I, you inspire me so much in things that I would like to do. My experience getting to be around you and you offering me, you know, like offering me teaching times and experiences uh, during my, so far in my advocacy, it's just been so inspiring. And I think it's like a good I just want to mention it because like if I hadn't taken that step to like try to take action, I would have never run into great people like you in my life. So I just, I think uh, what you do is so great. You, when you talk about it and you present it and educate on it, you make it so approachable on how much we can do as nurses, how much we can do just as citizens. And I just, I just want to say how much thank you so much for coming on and and sharing with us. Yeah. Thanks for being you, Terry. You're quite amazing. (laughs) And you're very inspirational. Thank you. Only because I'm around great people like you. So thanks again, both of you and stay well and we'll talk soon. Okay. All right. right. Thanks. Bye. That's all folks. Thank you for joining us on an episode. Another episode of Revolution RN. I really like to thank Terry Mills for joining us today. Uh, again, you can reach out to support any of the efforts of the National Nurse Network. Join their mailing list at nationalnurse.org. That's our episode. Please reach out via email at pfvw06 at gmail.com. Subscribe to the episode and share it. Uh, reach out to us on our Facebook, on Instagram at Revolution or at Instagram forward slash revolution RN and yeah, just share uh, rate us on iTunes, include a written review would be really great. Five-star reviews are really helpful to getting the show out there. And thank you so much as always. 
organize, prepare, show up, and inspire. Until next episode, do you?